0: Is that gonna is that gonna tippy topple? I don't know. It's looking pretty balanced. You comfy? I'm I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I got my leg up. You got, you do got you you got your leg up. I feel good, man. This Dude. is
1: uh this is nice.
0: Episode forty one. What's up, Gearbuds Podcast? Yeah, baby. Coming at you, February day after the super bowl oh
1: yeah did you watch the game
0: i did i'm sick yeah uh this is the first day that i've sort of been not a horrible zombie of a human you being. sound chipper at least i dude yeah i woke up i woke up at, at like 75 and i and that made me feel great because i was like yeah 90%. That's so much better than, than 100% 100%. Percent of yesterday's percent. We should percent. also
1: mention to our listeners from out of town that uh, it hasn't been sunny in nine days. Uh, the sun came out yesterday and it is out again today.
0: Yeah. It's actually coming through the blinds right now and... I, I feel like a, a, a withering plant that's seeing the sun for the first time in in a month. I feel, I feel it. I feel my leaves, your brown leaves are turning
1: brown leaves are turning green. Yeah. I, you know, I heard people always talk about that, like in the years past being like, Oh, I get depressed in the winter and like this, you know, the no sun really. And I never really thought about it. And then for whatever reason this year, it hit me, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. it
0: It hits all of us as we get older. I think my, my first real, winter blues was uh maybe last year 2 years ago i it's it's definitely happened to me too it's a real thing
1: have you ever experimented with one of those like um vitamin D lamps? Or no, but like if there?
0: you'll recall, we asked Mr. Brad Sawicki the same right. question because yes. he, got, he got all sad in Sweden. That's right. I was like, why, is this,
1: why am I having deja vu right now? A little now? <laughs> deja vu with the headphones on and yeah, talking exactly. to that SM7. Like, I'm like, right as it came out of my mouth, I was like, we've talked about this, haven't we?
0: So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and check it out. Yeah. Uh, we d- we were supposed to have another guest yesterday, but unfortunately had to had to reschedule yeah. because I'm a sick boy. I'm but, excited uh, for that one. That's going to be an awesome one. Yeah. I, I'm not going to spoil it yet. Nope. You know, we try to keep things exciting Keep them listening, right? Keep them coming Back. so it's just us today it's just us which is you know that's great that's yeah. exciting yeah uh, it's it's a little more intimate uh we both have uh comfortable clothes on yeah i wore my jammies got your jammies on yeah. uh wearing a cme hat very nice thank you yeah i, I have well no have actually, the updated I, I, version i do have the updated version it's a it's a the same colors different logo and mm-hmm. it's not netting on the back yeah but i do i like that that one has the i never noticed it has the uh like the little rope on the front oh it does have like the it, sailor rope the, little or, like, sailor the, naval, rope. the yeah. naval
1: rope i wish it was gold or something you know oh, like that would be ones. sweet or it ha- if it Captain's. had the you know the wings that they put around the bill oh like yeah on those those old navy ones that like, your grandpa would wear and exactly stuff. Yeah, yeah. that you
0: can get from like the army navy yeah, surplus store i've always wanted one they of those should, they should make one like that i'm gonna I'll, I'll i'll make note
1: of that Could do some paisley wings or something uh man let's uh let's get into let's,
0: it let's get into it symphony of corrections uh i i think i feel like I feel like there was something that we were going to correct last yeah. week, but then we corrected it mid-sode. Mid-episode, right. So I didn't have the energy or wherewithal to go back and Yeah, so there you go, guys. Go so ahead and listen to we last fucking week. fucking nailed it last we, week. We correct ourselves halfway through. Um, just a reminder again that cables are tone tubes. Uh, we did make
1: some more of those. We've got them for guests. Um, did I mention I played my tone tube last week on the pod? I don't think so, but you should. I played with my tone tube. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I really, really like it, man. It is a substantial cable it's an awesome cable right yes it's awesome i love it we've got it's got a nice mass too it's a heavy thick gauge yeah you know it it, like it's I've got 20,
0: a twenty twenty AWG.
1: Yeah, it's it. I think it's the thickest of all my cables. I've got a Divine Noise cable. Have you heard of that company? I,
0: we we sell them. I do like their cables. Really yeah.
1: nice cable. I got it as a gift, and I would say that's like my main cable for the rehearsal space and mm-hmm. all all the gigs and stuff. But this is right there. I mean, this thing is up there, man. Yeah, it's, dude. it's awesome. I,
0: you got to eat your own dog food, right? Yep. Damn right. uh you know, speaking of gigs, I do have. Uh, I had some temporarily good good news, and then now bad news. I can't
1: believe I haven't asked you about this. Right,
0: I know. I just realized it too. So, Black Market Smith, first time. I Mentioning them on the podcast is my new band. And we booked our first show. Congrats. And then it got canceled.
1: What? Can we talk about what happened? I don't even know what happened. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, So so this is kind of an interesting story, actually. We were going to open for our very good friends, Hembry. Right. Turns out, Hembry hadn't even been the ones to submit us for the show. I'm still not sure how the promoter found our... Page to email me and ask us to play yeah i because i just of course assumed hey we got offered an opening gig and a friday night show at empty bottle yeah opening for our friends on tour like obviously they put our name in nope right. they did not that's so, what i would have thought interesting uh cool i guess so we're i mean we had this dialed in we had photographer lineup video Whoa. we had joe darnaby doing sound it was i mean we we're stoked practice yeah. schedule right. all that shit And uh, get a note that the show has been canceled because the entire tour has been canceled. Tour? 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 Tour. Tour. I think I say it weird. Tour. 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 The entire uh, jaunt had been canceled. Why? Uh, you know, they've got, they've got some reasons. I'd, I okay, feel like we can't probably just talk not gonna about get that. Into that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, Maybe off there.
1: Cause I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah. So you know, everything's all good. They're all, they're all, they're all fine. Yeah. You know, everybody's I thought he's healthy. Somebody and, got and injured everything. or no, had, had an like emergency that.
1: baby or something like that.
0: Um, so, you know, while it was exciting for a couple of days and kind of nerve wracking, I also now don't have a gig. Did so. you write
1: them and see if you could still have the night? I mean, they still have a night.
0: I did respond. I do not want to take on an so empty Friday night for our first gig uh, with, fill in you know not even <laughs> full-time members in the band yet uh so fair enough uh yeah we're we're it was going to be a little bit of a stretch for us i feel confident with the material that we have that we would have been able to put i mean we was have enough a half hour
1: set or what yeah
0: but i mean I, I, we're going to put our best tight 25 together sure, for sure, sure get in and get out a uh, one cover yeah and uh and we've got we've got more than that i, th- yeah. I would say we could do 35 right now okay but it was gonna. It's still not super dialed in. Yeah. Lyrics being rewritten. I have to write a solo on one of the songs. You know, it's not fully there yet. Yeah. It would have been a little bit of a stretch, but we could have made it work.
1: Sometimes it is good to have those. Like, all right, we got the gig. We got to put shit together and figure Dude, it out. Totally. You know? Yeah, and I, I, I com- love that. Like, I completely sense of urgency. agree.
0: And that and that really was forcing us. I mean, Mark. I mean, he's such a fucking project manager he put together a trello board with yeah. like different cards and in assigning responsibilities sure. and a soundcloud where we're like taking each of the songs that we're, we've recorded and shoot like you know you can annotate per minute on uh, soundcloud so yeah. i mean he was really doing a great job of cool. putting the pedal to the metal so you know we're going to try to ride that a little bit probably not we, we're not going to do as much of the rehearsing we'll, we'll we'll probably do have to because it's it's hard to get people again that aren't fully committed to being in the band full time right unless we're rehearsing for th- something specific so yeah yeah i do i do have my uh feelers out there for another
1: gig well if um, anything yeah it was you got your foot on the pedal you know so we'll,
0: we'll see what happens cool. so yeah that was a little bit of a roller coaster that happened Interesting. In my world um and then i got sick and then uh the super bowl happened <laughs> yeah when, i mean dude let's just talk about it a little bit Did yeah. you watch
1: it i did i, I had a, yeah i went to a friend's house and watched it um i thought it was a great game and yeah. i thought it was a really good it game. was good football yeah it was it was uh really good plays it wasn't a high scoring game but it was um really good good play calling uh exciting yeah. you know not a lot of drop passes not a lot of penalties
0: yeah there were some costly ones towards the end yeah. there for sure but i agree it was a it was a well coached cleanly played game for sure yeah um you know i've it's funny you say that about the about going over to watch at somebody's house like i mean i think those who know me probably and and you obviously know this about me like i'm i don't really like parties i'm I'm more of an introvert kind of guy small gathering kind of dude and i realized as i was home miserable lying on the couch alone last night that like i actually do like super bowl parties because And, I, and it's because I really like watching the game and, and the commercials. Yep. So there's always something to do. It's yep. not like I have to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to uh, awkwardly force this conversation, even though I would definitely rather be at home right now. Yeah. Like, I enjoy watching the game. I especially enjoy eating really bad for me super bowl food we had
1: really good food you know we like pulled pork sandwiches i was gonna say something
0: barbecue yep, yep. something spicy that's gonna make my ton lots of doritos
1: hurt. Yep, uh, it was awesome
0: incidentally so part of my sickness the past couple days we'll get back to the super bowl uh, has <laughs> been spent like coming in and out of a nyquil haze watching youtube videos and some of those videos have been uh like uh, outdoor survival themed i i can't explain my yeah, you do.
1: i think in episode like 15 or something we talked about okay that. well yeah. here's
0: another outdoor survival tactic that i just learned yeah this this one dude is crazy canadian guy that goes out and camps in like a fucking hammock and like in polar vortex cold and shit he's crazy Whoa. but he's i like watching his videos steve wallace is his name uh he tested a trick that actually works apparently doritos and like potato chips are very good fire starters so oh, like, I've if s- you can't get tinder together i heard that you like you know you've got a couple logs you throw them over yeah. the fire you put the doritos under the light those bad boys on fire boom i've fire. heard that yeah, they dude. go
1: right up right I've, i am full of outdoor survival tricks from those right awesome some chemicals that they put in those. Things.
0: Yeah, I mean that that has to be good for our. Intestines. Oh, I feel
1: great today. I ate like half a bag of Doritos last oh, night. Oh man, I feel awesome. so good. Um, yeah. So it's back to, back to Super Bowl. Yeah, it was good. What do uh, you think about it?
0: I enjoyed it. I uh, you know I think because I'm I come from a background of advertising. I tend to really care a lot about the commercials, sure. even, even which is weird because I don't actually like watching TV commercials. But I've just been kind of part of that thing. Did you have a favorite commercial? I did. Oh, I did. Good question. Uh, The Jeep, uh, Bill Murray, Groundhog Day commercial for sure. Only because I like Groundhog Day and Bill Murray Mm -hmm. and and I I guess I sort of like Jeeps. Yeah. Uh, And it was an entertaining commercial. Um, I also will say generally, I feel like the Twitter response that I've seen today has been that people kind of didn't like the commercials. But I liked how batshit weird a lot of them. Wait, the internet got were.
1: together and didn't like something. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, no, the internet
0: I was gonna say that the internet collectively really liked the halftime performance I found. Except I for like the really right wing conservative people who are of course not gonna like the Latina women. Right. But like what I, I I expected to look at Twitter today and see like people were kind of underwhelmed by the halftime show and really liked the commercials. And it was the opposite. People yeah. really liked the halftime I, show. I missed it, man. Uh, it was Shakir and J-Lo. Right. I mean, it, it was a wonderful production. It's not for us. Like that yeah. is designed for that was a half, halftime show for other people to watch. Like sure. we're, the football's for us, halftime shows for other people to watch. And and I thought they did a really good job with it. It's just like it's not the it's not my main selling point of watching. Did that you like Super
1: Bowl. the? Um, I liked the Post Malone commercial where they were controlling yeah. it from the inside. I thought See
0: that, was that one funny. was kind of a bummer because I noticed this year that one and a couple other commercials I had seen already. Oh, and it's not I like I was actively that. seeking it out, and I don't really. even have regular television yeah, i don't I watch think, tv don't. i think it might have just been like youtube commercials or uh, just because i had cbs or whatever fox on earlier yeah. in the day before like they the, showed it already they must have shown it already because huh. i had seen the the post malone getting control yeah i hadn't seen that i was, internally, I was laughing just, i man. thought that was pretty it was really funny. funny dude yeah uh there were like the whole did you see the baby nut the uh mr peanut one yeah that yeah, was, it was that weird. one that one was felt so pandering to me because it's like obviously baby yoda is this big culture dude it was literally on, so baby Yoda. i
1: looked at my buddy and i'm like that's baby yoda and he's like this is this is getting old here's where
0: they got me though yeah uh, again because i like the absurd for some reason when the camera cuts to baby nut and he goes to speak he spoke in a, with a dolphin's voice. Yeah, yep, that's right. He squeaked like a dolphin with no explanation whatsoever. No. Of why a baby Mister Peanut would speak like a dolphin? To me, that's, that's the kind your, of that's the funny your shit. your random like that's, Tim and Eric moment I, exactly. <laughs> Which they're coming back to Chicago soon. Yeah, I might have to go to that. Man. So yeah, I don't know. I like the absurd ones. Uh, yeah, I was. It was a good entertaining event. Yeah, you know, good game. Congrats to the Chiefs, man. Good sound. Uh, to bring it back to the yeah. back to the gear, yeah. You know?
1: The sound was good. The Sound was good. Were, <laughs> I remember
0: there was it was one of the Super Bowls a long time, maybe a few years ago. There was some crazy shit that happened at halftime with like interference being introduced yeah. because of in ear monitors. In fact, I'm fairly certain at the time I went to Stingray and he explained to me what happened with that because he's done you know major. Do you remember, you remember on, who was performing? I have no idea.
1: Um, I, I remember it was when, at least five years ago. I remember I guess. when the Chili Peppers performed, mm-hmm. and the next day, like. I was on like TalkBase or whatever forum, and everyone was like laughing because they weren't plugged in. And there's a picture of Flea like like moving around, and he's literally there's, there's no nothing cable, in yeah. the jack. I mean, they didn't even put like fake cables in.
0: Which is, you know, that's obviously our superpower. We can always tell when yeah. musicians aren't performing. Spoiler: for anybody who's listening, which I doubt you are, who wouldn't already know this, but if you're performing on live television, you're probably ninety percent of not the time going to actually not. hear that. Yeah. Maybe at best, you're playing along to yourself. Yeah. That's just the nature of, you know, playing in giant stadiums, playing in giant stadiums and broadcasting it across the globe. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, cool, man. Cool. Good Super Bowl chats. Yeah. Super buds. Um, Ooh, uh, personal gear news. Uh, We got to we got to talk about this a little bit before we started, but. I got that new guitar. Yeah, man. we haven't really been able to talk about this yet. No,
1: I, I'm and I'm glad because I got to play it before we talked. Yeah, too, and so. I didn't have it in weird boy tuning. So yeah, I actually got to strum it, and I was like, "Hey, that sounds along. like a guitar." Uh, uh, so, man, that thing's nice. Yeah.
0: Tell them what you got. It's the Taylor Academy 12EN, which is a little bit of a mouthful. What does the I 12 stand for? Uh, so in Taylor's nomenclature, uh, I'm gonna probably messes up a little bit but basically so like take you know they've got like say the 814 or the 644 each one of those numbers means something mm-hmm. the first number ooh, this is this is testing my taylor Shit, academy now right beforehand the first number designates the body shape okay so if i remember correctly yeah I know you should have warned me uh academy replaces the first number so instead of being like a 312 or a 3, what I say it is, Eight, Academy 12. twelve. Instead of being like a three twelve, it's, it's an Academy twelve, a twelve. 12. A12, right. That's the body shape. It's basically like a grand concert body, yeah. which is kind of like a smaller dreadnought. Yeah, uh, slightly like uh, scrunched in waist. We should you mention say.
1: it's a nylon string guitar. Right.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it is a nylon string acoustic electric, basically designed to bridge the gap for players that want to play stuff on a nylon but don't really love the playability of a nylon Mm -hmm. so for instance a nylon classical spanish flamenco type type guitar Mm -hmm. typically is going to have almost a completely flat fretboard. yep uh you know like a near infinite radius as well as a really wide neck right this one has has a little bit of a radius not much and it's got a slightly scrunched down neck width. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of in between a classical and an acoustic guitar. Obviously, or I should say, a steel string acoustic guitar. You know, you need a little bit more space for those types of strings because they are nylon strings. That's sort of where that came from, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with finger picking. Uh, So it's sort of a nice happy medium. Um, Ebony fretboard and bridge, like all Taylor guitars. Um, What has it got? It's a a sapili body and a spruce top, I want to say. It just... You know, I've, I've, I've owned my first guitar I ever had was a nylon string guitar. I still have it. Um, I have that Diamante uh, classical that I paid $8 and 50 cents for. That's been kind of a workhorse for me for a long time. I guarantee this is, this thing's awesome. This is the last nylon string I'll ever need because it plays really great. It sounds awesome up and down the fretboard. And you got the electric option, which is great. It's got the full expression system. So it's got the pickup built in. Mm -hmm. I already plugged it in. You know,
1: I bet it would sound cool it, through that reverb through ooh, the uh, Yamaha.
0: I was going to say, I mean, you know, generally speaking, not super into plugged in right. acoustic guitars. It's fun to mess it with. It does a though. thing. Yeah. And I threw, I already plugged into some distortion. It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about cool, it.
1: Cool, man. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful guitar, man.
0: I think it's, it's kind of a perfect
1: songwriting couch guitar. Um, I was going to ask you, I, I was going to ask you, what's that uh fretboard made of? it's ebony oh see oh yeah Do they put ebony on all their they
0: do they write so that's actually kind of one of the interesting things that i've learned about taylor recently is that in um so first of all take a step back yeah as the name suggests ebony is a very black wood Mm -hmm. or so i was always led to believe it turns out that's not totally true right When you look at actually like a cross section of a trunk of an ebony tree, most of it is not that perfect black that we're we've been seasoned into seeing on Gibson's darker than Rosewood, much darker than Rosewood. And and this and and it's kind of interesting too. this guitar. Taylor is trying to trying to lead the sort of um, sustainability path in this and that they've basically they taylor has gone to cameroon africa and started their own ebony forest where they're working that's right with their own they've got processing plants they're working with the locals they're they're doing everything the right way and also making it more sustainable in that they're using ebony that has the inherent streakiness in it it's not usually that black it usually has these sort of light brown even though Mm -hmm. that guitar doesn't exhibit that usually has these light brown swirls and stuff going down it which some people might see and think like, oh, what is this cheap piece of wood? No, actually, that's that's how all Ebony is. We've just only been getting, you know, the 10% cut off. Yeah. And then th- people have been, you know, wasting the rest. I personally believe the right move is to try to just use all that tree course, if you can. Yeah. And that's one of the cool things Taylor's done. So every Taylor guitar has a Ebony bridge and Ebony bridge and Ebony
1: fretboard. And uh, you told me this. I didn't know this, but um, that's a bolt on neck
0: it is yeah and it's, now are they all bolt-ons is that they're how they're all bolt-on i did not know that yeah man uh which is kind of i feel like for for some acoustic people kind of a dirty word i think it's cool i think it's great i yeah. mean you know that guitar if anything ever happens it doesn't need a neck reset right. you
1: just buy another neck
0: or or you just ha- you know maybe you can shim it you all you don't have to drill holes into it heat it up mm-hmm. get all that glue to come out right I- i'm sure that there are and I'm kind of a vintage purist myself, but I'm sure that there are vintage purists out there that can make a case for only using long tail uh, uh, neck ten- tenons and um, s- specific kinds of joints and hide glue and whatever. But frankly, I, I, I love that guitar. I think it's awesome. I'm super happy to have it and it plays great.
1: Do you know how, speaking of vintage, do you know how far back taylor goes do you know when they were established or the started selling
0: 70s the mid 70s yeah. bob taylor made his, his i feel like i never see their guitar. like
1: old guitars for sale you know yeah i mean yeah. i haven't really looked for you them. Don't,
0: yeah that's interesting yeah, like i guess you, you see old martins really see... all
1: the time and old gibsons but well it's... yeah
0: and martin i mean they've been around yeah. since 1800s yeah, exactly. bob taylor he started yeah in the i think he started building in the late 60s and t- taylor as a company was in the 70s i should know that It'd Be
1: cool to find an old one just to see i to so see how it is. Uh,
0: about 10 years ago i got to go out to the taylor factory oh cool and spend about a week out there what they call i don't even know if they have it anymore but it's called like taylor university or something like that where basically i was a zounds guitar guy so they wanted me to know everything about their guitars knows me and some other dealers there and one of the cool things about it was uh bob bob taylor was there the whole time you know mm-hmm. and he took us around and all this shit and like took us to the one they like vault and brought out the i think it was the i can't remember if it was the first or second guitar he ever built oh, and me. i got to play that wow that's cool um got to play I don't know if i ever talked about this before he made a guitar out of um you know this was like an i want to say it was in the 90s and they were getting popular and people were saying oh it's only because they're using super fancy woods right it's all about the wood so he to sort of take the piss out of it uh decided to make a guitar out of uh a shipping pallet and they call it the, call it the pallet guitar really and all the wood is from made out of just any old shipping pallet right. you know those like like I don't two even, by four. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of wood it yeah. is. And inlaid in the fretboard is a really fancy cool. forklift. Which oh, is kind of yeah, cool. Is. Um That probably looked pretty cool. It was and it sounded great, honestly. Yeah, it, was, sure. it was awesome. Um if I can just tone brag for a second. That was also the same day that I got to play, uh, Richie Sambora's yes, double neck. And Taylor. we have
1: talked about that. That's right. The riff yeah. that
0: he, the guitar you recorded wanted dead or alive with. that was the and same. You played
1: the riff of course, right? because yeah, I mean,
0: the Stur- it's the Eagles, only thing you're allowed to play on it. So Stur- he Stur- goes, they p- took it out and it was like this big old flight case. And they're like, Hey, does anybody know the, the riff to want dead or alive? And I was like,
1: Oh, oh I do.
0: It's a good riff, man. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, that's enough of me. Tone bragging for now. Yeah, man. Um, We'll get into it next week, and I'll I'll explain this a little bit more. But have some pretty exciting stingray related pedal news yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, more to come on that, but we uh, might have to have him something. On again was, something to, was delivered
1: today. to talk. Yeah,
0: and I uh, can't wait to talk about that. So come back next week to check that out. Um, I get to shoot a video for. I'm not going to say what it is yet because we're going to talk about it next week. But I get to shoot a video this week for what was collectively, I believe. All three of us, mm-hmm. me, you, and, and Dan Liu, all of our favorite pedal at yep. NAMM this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually sitting behind Dave right now mm-hmm. and um, prepping to shoot that video on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I'm excited it's probably,
0: We probably don't have to sort of uh, ob- obfuscate the identity of the pedal right now, but why not just keep things mysterious? I feel like we're really getting- I think getting, it's actually for sale today.
1: We're really uh, getting the listeners juiced up to I know, listen to next week's is, episode. <laughs> this, is, this is now a true crime uh, podcast.
0: Yeah. Um. Ooh, I noticed something, Um. and we're still in the symphony, but whatever. Sure. Uh, I was looking at um, oh it was Rolling Stone had had a feature it was like hot music scenes Chicago or whatever oh. and everything in the in the article that I read was either pretty much about like hip hop or jazz, which is no surprise. However friends of the podcast and good friend Kadian and the band Twin Peaks were mentioned no. as pretty much the I think they were the only sort of rock and roll guitar band yeah, mentioned man. in the whole article. And I was really stoked. That's to see super that. cool. Yeah. Talking about, I also saw some other article recently. It was like the best albums to ever come out of Chicago and, and a twin peaks record was wow. on there as well. So the, he did mention, I
1: think when he was on, they, they had been in the magazine once uh, before. As really? Well. I don't remember. A but smaller sure article I think yeah. he said, but yeah, they were in there, but, um, that's awesome man. Shout out to Shout Twin out. Peaks, dude. They're still touring I think right now, aren't they? You know, I
0: saw Katie and maybe a couple weeks ago. He stopped in, but Yeah. Uh, they're kind of just always doing something. They're always doing something. I think I want to say that they were heading over to Europe right after, so, <laughs> so awesome, dude. You know, they're doing they're doing it right. Those Shout guys out are to great. Twin Peaks, cool. It's some of them. Oh yeah. Um, one last thing. Here's one. Uh did you know that they're making an Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I did not. Yeah. Where, and, and, it where has, and when? Let me be clear, the according to the website it has no affiliation with any other hall of fame of any sort. Oh, it's it's called... It's, you can find more information at roadtorock.org. Okay. And that's because it's off of Historic Route 66 mm. in Joliet, Illinois. That's where they're going to put it? That's where they already bought some old three-story wow. building, and they're currently doing... And I found out about this because for some reason, Stingray decided that he wanted to be a member of this. Right. I think so he can vote. And so now Stingray is a member of the <laughs> Illinois <laughs> of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Association. Uh,
1: put in the good word for us then, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, wait, so I mean, I'm trying to think like... Like, who's going to be in that?
0: I, I mean, I cheap trick. Right, obviously. Well, and here's another thing. Obviously, Chicago Blues is such a big thing. Well, it's going to be None a lot. None of those dudes were from Chicago. So how do you, yeah. like, How where does the distinction lie? Right. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I absolutely insist that we make a road trip yes. out to Juliet, Illinois. And yeah, check do they, any out. word
1: on when it's going to open? I didn't see any okay. information
0: about that yet. I think they're looking for they're, donors. They're probably point, like building it, right? But now. they have property. I would, I mean, I would imagine you get soon. You got to strike when that rock and roll iron is hot out in Joliet, Illinois. Is wow. it, is it Joel? Cause I hear people say Joliet.
1: No, it's Joliet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, that's, that's fun. We can drive through uh, Naperville and say hi to my family. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go
0: stop over the bellers. Cool. Um, well, man, that's all I got for the symphony. It's time right. for Dave's dogs.
1: Oh, I watched a pretty good one the other day. Well, it, it was good. Um, Okay, so you know how we talked about? I think when Brad was Brad was here, or someone was here, uh, one of our past guests, and we were talking about. Oh, I think it was um, Joel, and we were talking about Amazon has like all these. I mean, they have like hundreds of rock documentaries. Oh, totally. So yeah. when I kind of run dry, I'll start self-made. I'll ones. start scouring through the unofficial or unauthorized. <laughs> bless you. Uh, the unofficial and unauthorized docs, mm-hmm. and I came across one about the Smiths. Okay. Now I don't know if we've ever talked about the Smiths. I don't here. think we are. You, are you a Smiths fan?
0: I mean, I had a phase. I I, I really liked them for like a couple years of my life, yeah. I'd say.
1: Um, I would say I'm not the biggest Morrissey fan, but musically, that band is out of control.
0: I'd have to agree with that. And I actually do think Morrissey has a good voice. I just think he's kind of a shitty dude. Yeah, I
1: think he's just kind of a tool. And he's like his kind of the croony stuff. I get like a little bit. But it, I, to say they didn't have an impact on that, like, you know, British rock scene in the 80s was. Like, oh, they're
0: immense. Yeah, they're way and
1: bigger than they ever were.
0: I even here. actually I have to say I do like some morrissey music too like solo stuff oh I just, yeah yeah just i mean he has the worst sort of persona and image you well know? i've
1: heard stuff about how he like makes like they they can only serve vegan at his concerts and stuff i've heard
0: things like... about that i don't Is know if true? true i I've, I've, i remember you... there was there was a big old rock and roll rumor that it was either like Lollapalooza or one of the festivals he would only play if they stopped selling meat and yeah
1: you know i don't know if that's true or yeah. not i mean or he's just rolling with it cuz like their what second album was meat is murder or something right. so it's like that's just his thing he's sticking to it it could be i'm not sure what if he like del- likes a delicious burger you don't know
0: no he's definitely very anti meat <laughs> i'm positive about that so
1: um so i decided to watch that because i uh actually mark and mark and dan Luke came to this show but for halloween and i think it was 2014 uh, me and johnny and some of my friends russ we covered the smiths Oh, cool. And it was... I had to play bass, obviously, and it was the hardest shit I've ever had to learn in my life. Really? We learned about it. We learned we were going to do it. We decided in... I think it was like late July or August. And I was like, whatever, you know, they're kind of drone... I thought they were just like droney, like simple, like two or three, four chord rock stuff. Dude, once you really break down their parts, especially the bass lines, Andy Rourke, guy is unbelievable, Mm -hmm. man. Like, like every line, it was the kind of lines were you it was like it was like doing a solo like once you can't just mess up and like pick it up you have to like start all over from the beginning yep. and like learn the whole run and then it's just from point A to point B and that's it you still know any of them no no <laughs> it's one of those things where i crammed like i literally worked Harder than I've ever worked on anything. Learning a cover in my yeah. entire life, we had to play five songs, I think five or six songs, and none of them were easy at all.
0: Well, and I think part of it can be too. How like how familiar were you with the song? I wasn't. As, that that makes it way more difficult. I knew
1: the one from the Crow soundtrack. <laughs>
0: I don't even know what was in the, the uh, it's the da,
1: da, 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 da. it's got the How cool soon is now? Yeah. Yeah. Um so but that was like the closer, you know, cuz that's that's actually probably the easiest one. That's But all um, like this charming man? Yeah. That song, it sounds like it's like dun, 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 it's like so, a poppy it's like so bouncy. It's so bouncy, but then when he gets to the chorus, it's all like and it's like it's like these weird jazzy like ragtime lines. Um, that sounds fun. So, so it was really fun. And we pulled it off. We played a great show. And we probably played it like ninety miles an hour because you know yeah. when you're nervous and you're like, we
0: just gotta get through the song.
1: Exactly. But um it totally brought me back to like playing. Well, you did those... that as a three piece? No, we did we had did it as a four. We had um Phil Angotti played the the Johnny Marr parts. Oh, that sounds familiar. I don't know. Phil Angotti owned um uh North Avenue guitar, Avenue oh, N. Right on and uh fantastic formerly, right? formerly yeah they closed a uh, fantastic musician though so and the funny thing about those rehearsals were it was like me johnny and russ rehearsing and then phil could only make it sometimes mm-hmm. but he's like we'll figure it out i'll just coast over you guys parts yeah. and we're like we kind of got to figure these out because the johnny marr parts aren't easy no not and at if all. you don't have somebody playing those it's just bass and drums and then john was doing morrissey so he's like yeah. you know he was kind of playing like you know basic chord stuff just to kinda of like keep us in line, but we needed the Johnny Marr guy to be there. Oh, you do. But he he had some good lines too, man. Shout oh, out to Johnny Marr. Mark. I mean I,
0: I, I wouldn't say he's underrated. the dude has multiple senior guitars and stuff, yeah. and a huge following. But I would say that generally in the like sort of pantheon of that era of guitar gods, he's he's not as he's not one of the first names that comes off a lot of people's lips. Right. And I think he's awesome. Yeah he's
1: great, man. That's kind of what they talked about in the doc was like, you know, it was such a surge of like electro pop in that era and they kept they kind of kept rock and roll alive in a way but still had like this weird like you know neo sensibility to it I guess. yeah man I don't even know wow to i'm gonna
0: neo sensibility i'm gonna um tell mark to write a song about that also i'm gonna <laughs> listen to some smiths after this episode because yeah. it's been a while yeah. and i want to hear um sing me to sleep because that song is really sad but really great mm-hmm. yeah they had some good good songs man good looking out dude do you mind i actually Not i got all, i got man. a dave's doc. What? Yeah. Dude, I love it. Uh, Wait, you watched one? I watched one today. So, Hang you stocks. know, I've been I'm still going to call it a Dave Doc even though it's not mine. Okay. Uh I'll just, you know, we don't have to talk about it too much, Let's but talk. um uh, you know, I've been I've I've been sicky boy and Natalie came over earlier today and brought me some tissue and stuff and we were just kind of sitting around and both sort of realized that we kind of wanted to watch that new Taylor Swift documentary. So, we watched it, Americana. Yeah, okay. I liked it. Okay. I've got to I'm not like some sort of Swifty. Honestly, I don't think I'd I I was surprised at how many of the songs because I was like, I couldn't name a single Taylor Swift song other than like the one that got parodied with a goat song in it or whatever. Like I didn't I didn't know any names of any of your songs or anything like that. But there are a few of them, especially like I was surprised about the early ones when she was still like 16 and like a country singer was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that song before. I didn't know that that was her. Um, I don't know it was it was an interesting an interesting watch. Is it like the story of her
1: life kind of thing or is it more of like a live performance? Or it's what is
0: more it? it's more of a background story thing. It's kind of really about like her right now and I mean, it shows a lot of the stuff like how she got to where she is. it's it's essentially the story of of an artist who got famous really young, very talented, very controlled, kind of had a fall from grace and then, matured into what like an adult actually and became this person now hmm. i'll say this from the gearbud standpoint a lot of good gear watching in there really? because it's spent there's a lot of studio time okay. in there i love so that. be like ooh, what's that mug ooh, what's yeah. that melotron Ooh, what what desk are they on right now there are some because t- like she, and actually something interesting that i noticed <laughs> that she was obviously i think for most people know she's been a tailor artist for a long time hmm. cute right uh signature guitar and everything cool. and i noticed yeah. at the very end and uh, one of what must be like the current performance because it just came out. Um, she was playing at Gibson. So I don't hmm. know if there's a little trouble in paradise there, yeah, but it was interesting to see her on stage. Oh, and playing. it was live. She oh, was yeah. Playing. Oh, yeah. And it was like some, you know, custom yeah. deal. Um, so I, I hadn't heard anything about her jumping ship or anything like that. Yeah. But it seems like that might have been the case.
1: Uh, did she did she write her own songs when she first got started? Oh yeah, that? That yeah was, and I didn't know I, that either. Yeah, I think that's why I was always like in the back of my mind, like oh, I respect the shit out of
0: her. For yeah, that, you know. Oh, she's she's a songwriter. Yeah. yeah, of course. Some of
1: the modern hits she works oh, they with help. Max Martin. And yeah, they work Jack with like Antenalf the greatest writers in the world, which is anybody else would. Too. You know,
0: I didn't really get the obviously everybody knows about the moment when she won the video music award, and then Kanye jumped on stage. Yeah, and in like, the like thing.
1: 2010 ten nine or
0: nine. Yeah. I didn't. I don't. I didn't really understand the sort of context of that i mean she was i think she was 17 there or she like she was a teenager so yeah. for sure at that point she was brand new right not brand new but it was Couple one of years. her first sort of bigger awards yeah. she was she was already a big star but it was like one of the first big yeah. awards she got yeah, yeah, and and then to see you know the behind the scenes footage of that happening yeah. I, I felt really really bad for yeah. her yeah yeah it was like i mean I, like I think, like most other people on on Earth that are, care about music and and society, I actually really like Kanye, a lot of Kanye's music a lot. But yeah. I think he's a fucking asshole and like mostly yeah. kind of a narcissistic asshole freak. Yeah, I like his record, um, but to like really see that yeah. happen, I mean, I just I. And then, and then, like all the
1: stuff that he did after. Well, he did that to. Get, he wanted to give Beyonce the award. It wasn't even his thing to win, right? Right. Wasn't but he like? He I'm, wanted to have his voice heard. He did, but the point of him interrupting her, and then Beyonce was like, "Whoa, I yeah, didn't like, like." Beyonce ask, made the best music video yeah, of like, all time. Yeah, like, he's and like, he's like, whoa, and she's like, "Hey, I didn't like this." isn't And my she thing. had never even met Kanye yeah, before <laughs> that's that. That's What was weird about it. you know, her. and
0: yeah. like she's just like this sort of timid. She was already a pop star at the time, but I mean, she was a young girl.
1: Yeah, it was, and then to
0: have this fucking dude come up and like. I don't know it, I, fe- I felt up. so bad for her with all yeah. that shit and it's kind of strange yeah I get it like oh feel bad for like the rich white girl I yeah. get, the, you know whatever but I did it was like it, I, I felt for her in that moment and and I saw that in a totally different way
1: uh, let me ask you a question and this is a little bit of a tangent but what do you and we we kind of talked about the Grammys last week a little bit um what what do you think about awards and like specifically for music and stuff yeah. like that
0: uh you know it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing because art is not competition right but inherently these award shows turn that into them i don't know if i can if i can just view them as a celebration yeah rather than a competition they make some sense to me well it's
1: like a milestone or like a cool like a really cool thing that could happen is like you yeah. won a grammy like being recognized for i'll take award, it yeah
0: especially i think it's, it's most impactful to to me when it's from your peers. It's sort of like what we were talking about with Dave Pensado when he was talking about winning this hall of fame. It was for, it was from the nerds
1: for the nerds. Exactly.
0: And Yeah. yeah, The dudes won Grammys and that's amazing. And that leads to amazing career opportunities and accolades and money and security and all that good stuff. When you can win something that's like the other people who are in your shoes every day and they decide that you're the best or you deserve this honor that that's pretty special to me. I mean, look, yeah, the Grammys are voted on by the, by ASCAP. I'm a member of ASCAP, but like, I'm I'm not that you know so like to win a Grammy would be freaking amazing yeah. and like a huge achievement and everything but I for me if there was like some sort of I don't even know like guitar dude podcast coalition and they all decided that I was worthy of some sort of sure. honor that would be like oh yeah that would be kind of way more
1: important yeah I was just curious me. what you thought about it It just made me think of it because and, and, and actually at the time for taylor going back to her that the video music awards used to be like the biggest shit in the world
0: especially with that sort of demographic
1: From like the late 90s to the yeah. like the early 2010s they were like the biggest thing
0: ever. the grammys were still the kind of highest honor you're yeah. right but i think yeah especially that in that bracket. world in that age bracket yeah, yeah. vmas are a big deal i don't honestly i don't know if they
1: even still do they still that. do them i they think do. but it's like nobody like nobody watches that's not it. a thing i think i mean I
0: don't know. And interestingly uh Pre- right after watching the super bowl one of the presenters of her award that night was shakira
1: oh really yeah oh, that's cool i was like oh
0: there she is she yeah. looks exactly the same how is that possible because hmm. it was 11 years ago
1: that's yeah that yeah is she
0: great. i mean she looks great hips don't lie awesome man so yeah that's my dave's doc all right well i will Americana. not i will
1: not bring that one next week <laughs> yeah you don't have to or <laughs> you can we can talk about it again yeah, maybe we'll um i'm gonna sure.
0: kick it over to myself for the riff library yeah, baby. here and grab got- this book i got a big heavy one for you today Ooh. this one is called Patch and tweak. Look at these. Exploring modular synthesis. I'll hand it to you in a second after yeah, I'm yeah. done Read the uh, doing the thing. Um, so uh, loyal listeners will recall. I don't. Know, I have no idea what episode it was. I talked about a book called Push, Turn, Move. Same guy, uh, same gal, Kim Bjorn. Gal, and this one, I, I don't believe Chris Meyer contributed to that one, but it's the same series. Um, this one is exploring modular synthesis. So it is the full history uh, of. Modular synthesizing—you mm. uh, know everything from Eurorack to Moog to uh, uh, Roland's uh, proprietary setup. Uh, I'm just going to read the—I'm uh, just going to read the little description on the back. It provides an opportunity for new and experienced users to become true masters of their modular systems. In addition to a select history of modular synthesis, this book systematically covers core concepts. Real world applications and creative possibilities of specific modules and techniques, as well as how to get started using software, semi modular, or pre configured systems. Um, so, I'll hand it over. Yeah, it's you know, it's got interviews with probably about 30 of the biggest names in that world. A forward by Suzanne Chiani. Um, it, again, it's by the same people who made push turn moves. So, the photography and the layout and design yeah. is probably the best i've ever seen yeah it's really it's really cool. insane how beautiful it is a big old hard cover yep big pr- pretty pictures. Kind
1: of like a cool coffee table book.
0: Yeah, totally. But I mean, it, it's also, it's not just a coffee table book. It, I mean, it, it gets deep in there and you can really learn a lot. I mean, it's well beyond anything I will probably ever do with modular synthesis, but um, I, I want to know about it and, or I should say I wanted when I bought it, which was probably about a year ago um, to know about it. And I just, it's such a beautiful thing to own and have um i'm i'm proud to have it and have it on my bookshelf do
1: you is that a modular synth that
0: well so that would be called a semi-modular synth and i'm pointing at the at the that is my behringer uh, which is uh, the behringer model d which is a clone of the moog mini moog model d Um, is
1: that the closest thing you have to a modular synth or do you yeah
0: yeah i've had other stuff that have patch points and in fact like those moger foger pedals are also modular like i can run those to send cv um, back and forth my phone is ringing yeah. Um, Mason Marangelo is calling me right now. That's oh, the vertex guy. That's I'll, I'll you want to answer back. it? No, nah.
1: let's get
0: him live on the pod. Shout out to Mason.
1: Shout out. Um, you know who uh, the first time I ever got to see a modular synth was, uh, our good friend, Greg Panciera had one. Oh really? When we went to do vocals at his studio, he had one set up and he was, he's kind of showing us how to use it and yeah. play with it. I didn't touch it. It was terrifying. It was like a big wall. Totally. I mean, it It was was probably Euro
0: rack, which this this is the, I'm pointing to the the model D right now. This is Euro rack compatible, so I can take it out of this. It was kind of like,
1: but it went like straight up. Do they have ones that go straight they up? Do. Like, yeah, straight they and do. Yeah. And in
0: fact, you can make your own cases. There's yeah. a whole huge world of that. But it was stuff. like a
1: wall. Like if you sat down, you would be behind it. Like yeah, it was that's huge. That's amazing. I, um, I love
0: that stuff, man. It's it's yeah, a it little really bit cool. uh, beyond my expertise, which is a reason that I wanted that book as well as the fact that I just love the uh, the artwork and, artwork and design yeah. from that company. And, and it leads me to my next point, which is that they have a pedal book. Oh. Uh, which is like. Stomp or something—I can't remember what it's called—but I absolutely have to buy it. It's also, um, it has an article by some people we know and are friends with, including Dan Orkin from Reverb.com So, awesome. um, That will be my next big music book purchase because they're not cheap, folks. Let's yeah. be honest; they're yeah. uh, they're uh, they're a bit up there in the price brackets, but worth it. And those big hard covers, those and those big beautiful glossy photos. Yeah, that's really nice. So that's uh, that's Riff Library, Very Patch cool, and Tweak, man. Kim Bjorn, and Chris Meyer. Awesome, check it out um a couple other things that
1: we what got else is before, going on? i mean
0: i feel like this is going to be probably not the longest one episode we've ever done partially because my energy is real low yeah
1: um, you're, you're pulling through man you're doing a good job thank you
0: a couple things in future gear um oh one i wanted to mention i sent you a video today a uh, shout out to our good friend henry brown from the bonfires vintage yeah uh, he had a really cool video featured uh on reverb.com I, where they went out and interviewed I him. i
1: totally forgot to, i'm going to post that tomorrow oh hell yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah, you'll have to give me some notes on what to write on.
0: Yeah, that. yeah. He's um he's a good old friend of mine. Our old our bands used to play together. I've done some recording work from him for him a couple times. Both actually, the last two times I've gone out to Portland, I visited him out there because he's from there originally. Moved to Chicago for a long time, which is how we were friends. Yeah. Now it's back in Portland, um, and now just slang some of the coolest vintage gear. So on they the did
1: internet. like a ten minute video of like the gear in his in his yeah. And, shop. And, and like, I mean, if you, you go check it. out
0: his reverb shop, like yeah. that's not even scratching the surface. Right. Dude has so much cool shit. Um, in fact, I, th- I believe, you know what, he has been mentioned on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Remember when I got that Gretsch and uh, he sent me a pickguard because he had one for it. It didn't yep. have the, And it turned out to be the wrong pickguard. That's and everything. right. Um, but we have mentioned Henry that's Brown when it kind of came up. Yeah, that's right. That. So, um, you know, go check out that video. You'll learn something. I had never seen a working one of those Epiphone guitars that he had where you could actually control the vibrato from mm-hmm. the amp on the guitar. Um, that was kind of sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's That's cool let's go check it out Dave you'll post it on Facebook tomorrow which I I don't know if we mentioned this before follow us on Instagram follow us on Facebook do the thing interact Um, the main thing that I I wanted to quickly get into before we uh, wrap up tonight is they updated the MIDI standard and this happened when we were at NAM so MIDI uh, wow I should have written this down it's multi interface digital uh, throw that in the symphony or integration something like that but it's basically the thing that we all use to connect uh, digital things together so that they can talk to each other and talk to and can can, can control each other as well well I got a little stuttery there for a second and um, so it's been MIDI 1.0 since basically Roland and Yamaha and these companies got together in like the late 70s to agree on it well, it's been 1.0 since then. Just at Nam that we were at, they've finally agreed to the specifications uh, and have implemented MIDI 2.0. Mm-hmm. So um, the first keyboard that actually can handle MIDI 2.0 is now out. Roland makes it; it's an 88 key keyboard controller. What does that mean, huh? What do you? What do you? What? What? Would, if you were to make some difference changes in MIDI in the MIDI standard, what would you want from it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe just like a. Well, we talked about the MIDI guitar thing last week, yeah. which I thought was, you know, just that's like a total innovation. But um, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with the way my MIDI works. now.
0: <laughs> well, let me tell if it you, broke, don't fix it. Let me know? tell you what some yeah. of the differences yeah, are that it? I'm excited about. First of all, so normally, and if, if you look, um, uh, you being you, Dave, mm-hmm. uh, to my MIDI interface right here that I have made by iConnectivity, you can see it's got these ports on the front and there's more on the back. Yeah. Well, there are two for each one, right? in And out the new MIDI standard is bi directional, so you can basically use one cable to send okay. information back and forth. Very nice, that's simple. Yeah, it's backwards compatible. What so does this mean
1: for our hardware though? Do we have to buy all new hardware? Well,
0: I was just saying, sorry, that. I'm backwards. getting excited. No, this is good, yeah, uh, backwards compatible. So it's smart enough now that if and, and again, MIDI 2.0 just was agreed upon, so there, as, as far as I know, there's only one product you can buy that supports it right now. So, but eventually there will be many old midi things out there and some new and some new ones well fully backwards compatible it won't like a midi 1.0 device will not all of a sudden have the capabilities of the new standard but it will be able to talk with it the the new anything on midi 2.0 will be able to understand oh that thing's only 1.0 it can only handle this right. it's that smart enough okay. built in so
1: it's it's pretty foolproof it's like yeah it's it's, it's plug and play, plug and play yeah. uh
0: one of the biggest issues that i think many midi users such as myself have had has been um issues with latency or sluggishness sure it can sometimes feel you can there is just a bit of lag like there is anything with anything digital Um, this is much improved so now it's all the features have been designed so that it makes using midi instrumentation feel more like playing an analog instrument okay um so not only is it improved latency but they've also improved the resolution so um historically midi has been able to handle uh, 128 values basically from zero to, to 127 uh, as it is right now out of the box midi 2.0 can do and i wrote this down um sixty-five thousand five hundred and thirty-five. so what does that mean so say you've got um say you've got that that pitch bend on mm-hmm. that keyboard right there from zero down you're only going to get half of 128 right now you c- and so every jump is going to be that size, like right. the, the the distance. Now you can, it's sort of almost like thinking about like a derivative in calculus, like when you keep getting closer to zero, but you never quite get there. Yeah. Now you have just much more minute control because okay. it's got that 65,000. And if you're doing 32 bit, it actually goes up to like 4 billion. So basically. Is that going to make
1: everything touchier? In it's a good like a, way. A modular wheel would be touchy.
0: Like you, you just have more. Control. In fact to me that probably means it'll be less touchy okay. because you're having each each movement Creates a, a less incremental jump. Mm. Oh, so okay. Yeah, that makes if sense. it's if it's just like making these big leaps you can sweep it harder You can yeah, yeah you can right. fine-tune it and that's cool. um, Kind of get in between a little bit better um, Another thing that that I think is really important is that in a, a, a standard mini implementation you you get um, per per pair of IO per in and out you get 16 channels so you can send 16 different sets of MIDI information that can be like say you're you want to control a bunch of different parameters on your synthesizer and the velocity with which you're hitting the key what that now now that you've got 256 that you can basically control things per key so like say on a that 61 key keyboard controller right there I could have had each key sort of have different things controlling it um, 16 different things. Now I can, for instance, send a different signal from each one of those keys out to as many different sources as I want. Like I can, I can have each key control a different instrument or a different, have a different parameter that I'm controlling with it or something because it has 256 channels. Right. But by far, I think the most important thing about all this is that I I could just, I, when I was describing that just now, I could see your eyes sort of glazing over and rolling in the back of your head. A little bit. Because while MIDI is a pretty powerful standard and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it, it it takes a lot of getting your hands dirty and and programming in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. yeah. The new standard is basically designed to be smart and plug in place so that you can basically plug something into something else and it's already fully mapped and knows exactly what to do. You don't have to sit there and say, like, I oh, want this key
1: to control this like thing. or pads or something like right.
0: that. Right. It's just smart enough to know, like, boom, this is what it is. Here's what you're going to need with it. Yeah. Here's how like it controls I did that this particular when I, piece of hardware. I've got
1: that V-drum set at home. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I plug it into, let's say, GarageBand, they have a drum thing. It kind of knows what are the symbols and what are the pads. Right. but. this would say like the keyboard well, and that's not that's usb that's that's
0: a separate standard you can you can send midi over usb but this is saying like you could just take a a midi cable connect that keyboard to the synth well the the drums are
1: actually real they're real midi they've like the actual right but it's
0: transmitted over usb so there's some conversion that has to oh, happen. oh i see for that. okay this is just saying like i could plug that keyboard controller into, into the synth and it knows that it's plugged into this synthesizer right right like that's it's not like some usb class compliant device that's sending drivers right and blah, into that yeah this is just like you just plug it in and it's like it can it does it exactly Beautiful. how you want
1: it to so um so wait how much new shit do you have to go buy or is this well like-
0: i don't think you have to go buy anything it's yeah. just that moving forward Any of the keyboard controllers and such that we buy are going to have should have that uh, implemented, Mm -hmm. which means for most of us, we do all that on the computer now. So it's just going to it's just going to make things sound to me, in my estimation, more lifelike, more organic, Mm -hmm. excuse me, more like you're playing a real you know, acoustic piano or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting to me. I While like I like robotic types of things in, in, in music, I would rather have that be a choice and not a limitation of the piece of equipment that I'm using.
1: I love that. So is that released now?
0: It's a standard now, yeah. You can buy that Roland keyboard controller. It's out now. It's probably about a thousand bucks. I didn't right. even look. It's an 88 key controller, but you know, that's just the first that's of many. Yeah. And, and one of the interesting things about it, and I was reading an interview with um, one of the, members of the board who sits and makes makes these decisions it's all the companies come together and decide these things right, together like
1: what's universal
0: and what they were talking about was how you know when the the first implementation came out, they couldn't possibly foresee all the ways people were going to try to use it, and mm-hmm. then so they've been updating the standard since then. The same thing is going to happen now. You know, we can have all these questions and think like, "Oh, wouldn't it be neat if it did this?" Or "What if it wouldn't it be neat if it did that?" And it, and maybe it doesn't yet. But it's going to open the door will for those questions once all of these people, once all the manufacturers start building products that right. that sort of make this happen. Oh,
1: that's cool! So they really turned a corner. This is going to be a pretty big deal. It's
0: a pretty. I'm. You know, I haven't. I don't really feel like I've been hearing people talk about it. Maybe yeah. because like MIDI, just most people don't even know what that word or acronym is. We don't either um yeah multi-interface uh so i'm excited about it yeah. uh we're talking about it here because we're excited about this kind of stuff yeah man um i'm gonna have to throw away everything i own no that's not true but al- right. although i do own a really fancy midi interface and i probably will want to upgrade that eventually yeah. just because you i was know, gonna say
1: you've got a nice one
0: yeah i'm pretty stoked with the midi rig that i have with all my synths and everything what, what,
1: I, what, what, what one are you using
0: so the MIDI interface is made by iConnectivity. In my opinion, they make the best MIDI interfaces on the market. Motu is another competitor, yeah. but I would say I like this one more. Um, we talked about this one before, too. It's the mm-hmm. Myo 10 because uh, originally my only beef with it with it is that it had the worst interface of any piece of software I've ever right. had to use. That's right. And then I just accidentally discovered that they came out with a full like 5.0 version they where it's just created. this like beautiful, you know you just drag and drop you don't even have to like think the other one i was actually like typing code in and stuff (laughs) that's fun Um, and i've got that controlling a bunch of different synths including the model d that we talked about um my yamaha tx7 which is a a sound source from the dx7 i've got an oberheim matrix 1000 Korg wave station nord drum um that's just all i've got plugged in right now five things but it and it lets all those things talk to each other and to the computer back and forth that's cool but if, if that was a midi 2.0 interface oh. oh baby it might be even better i don't know maybe not but i'm pretty happy with it as it
1: is it seems like it does a lot of shit so it's a lot of shit it's definitely gonna be worth the upgrade um you got, know man we got one more for us
0: uh you know we've got one more oh yeah let's i guess you know It's just we can just talk about the fender thing oh yeah it was kind of interesting close it out on that well yeah. it
1: was kind of funny because we we recorded last Monday and then like right when we got home, it was like Fender like, like they, minutes later. Made some, it's not a big deal, but if you're a, if you're a business guy, uh, they, so what happened, man? Well, basically there's two companies that kind of share most of the stock for Fender. Okay. I think I wrote them down there. Um, they're too like corporate. I forget their
0: Servco names. and TPG. Yeah,
1: Servco and TPG. And Servco basically, I think it sounds like they bought out TPG. I think that's the story. And yeah. uh but when Servco got involved with Fender, the the only thing that kind of makes this interesting to gear nerds is in '85, that's when they went like post like CBS era. Right. So a that's lot of people. Leo
0: and FMIC right, bought it back.
1: So people kind of celebrated that. So so maybe you know maybe they'll come up with some new stuff. You know, you never know. What I kind of hope happened. not though. Yeah.
0: I think that's my my if I had if I were to have a fear. Well, right now. Fenders, would change something? They're killing
1: it. fucking killing it, man. They're probably the best they've ever been. Yeah, they're I as, mean, like their new shit.
0: I I have no idea what their sales figures are or anything no. like that, but I know that the quality of
1: instruments. Are great.
0: We as me, we being Chicago Music Exchange, as well as the whole industry. I mean, people just buy a lot of Fender guitars yeah. and 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 basses and right. amps and everything that they sell. Mm-hmm. And I would be afraid that. Someone's gonna come in and want to change something.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like when we when we were like in high school or started playing, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the the newer like '90s stuff wasn't really known to be like that great or whatever. You yeah. Know?
0: Which is kind of interesting because in hindsight, a lot of that the stuff that was being made in Mexico at that time turned out to be like a way better value. Just like solid workhorse yeah. stuff. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Um. So it should just be interesting. I don't know. keep an eye out. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't, maybe nothing at all. Um. But you know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I guess what could happen. Like what? Uh, what would? what could someone even want to change? I mean, I feel like they've done a great job with their advertising and marketing. It lately. could just be
1: like a behind like they might hire more workers to do something or maybe fire people. You never know. Like, yeah. Just I just well like I guess that's what I'm thing. saying.
0: I hope not because yeah. like I just I, I can't really I'm trying to think if there's anything that Fender's even done. I mean they came out with those pedals which are really nice. Oh, I, yeah. I those are, those sound really awesome and are Good like, price. extremely well built for an amazing price. Yeah that's right um, I, I sound like a fender that. shill right now which yeah. is funny because like i you know i mean i love fender but it's yeah. not like my like first go-to brand or anything you're a yeah. fender boy yeah um maybe i don't know i guess maybe you get th- to spend a lot of time with them though i do and i i mean i play yeah oh god that 68 thin line oh baby oh yeah that thing's a beaut oh dear did we talk about that i don't probably not yeah that's cool oh uh, yeah i mean we I, we post a lot of guitars on instagram I'm, that we don't talk about i know here. we have
1: the the thread going back and yeah. forth
0: well, oh. I mean, even on the Internet, we post a lot of stuff that we don't talk about. on just Because like
1: uh, I've never seen a well, you know what else? I like that was a Rosewood, wasn't it? It was mahogany. Oh, well, yeah. the body
0: with a Rosewood fretboard, right? Rosewood yeah. fretboard, which is also yeah, kind of mahogany rare-ish. on a body of offenders. I mean, t- I think to some people kind of blasphemous. Yeah,
1: because yeah. obviously
0: that's like the Gibson thing. And it's right? always been ash, ash, Ash,
1: Alder, ba- Basswood. Ash, yeah, Ash Alder. Um, Yeah, that thing was cool. Yeah, I don't know. Shout out to Fender, man. Shout out to they're Fender. Doing the, they're doing the damn thing. Oh, uh, speaking of,
0: we can close it on this. Yeah. Uh we got to go to that very w- amazing Fender jam play event and some of the videos are starting to yeah. matriculate online. <laughs> Check out your boy Hank in the background of yeah. the first one that came out with uh, Mark Lateria playing. Yeah. You can spot a pretty sweet Gearbuds uh got hoodie. The,
1: got the Gearbuds hoodie. It's designed
0: by Mr. Dan Liu.
1: Yeah, man that actually that video turned out cool I remember watching it and seeing like they had like three or four camera people on the floor like just aiming upwards at everybody playing and I was like you know that's kind of cool, and then you see it, and you're like, "Holy shit, that turned out really good!" Oh, it's and it sounds really yeah. good too. I was sh- I as didn't loud as notice- it was in there. Yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't notice that they had that all fully mic'd up. They must anything. have done some really good blending with like the room yeah. and the mics and
0: everything. Where, were you standing? Were you standing by me at that point? I was.
1: I was behind you, but up on the bleacher because yeah. I couldn't see. It was all these tall people, yeah. so I was like, "Well, I'll just stand on the bleacher like ten feet behind you, and then I could see everything." But then I went to the right. Yeah. And then uh, when Nick West went on and she was doing her thing with all the oh, bass yeah. player girls, we went over to the other bleachers. No one was over there. And it was like a clear shot to see like everybody. It was really good. Scenes. I would have to imagine. I mean, there wasn't a bad honestly scene like and, and this was I'm not going to say that that was a bad
0: performance. I, but to me, that was probably the least interesting performance of all of the ones we saw all oh, that night. The one that they clipped. the one that they actually showed right yeah. now. So I would have to think. They're going to, there's going to be some more. The girl in the beginning was
1: ripping it up. I can't remember. She was
0: May, uh, May, May something, I believe. Um, I wasn't familiar with her, but yeah, she, oh, she ripped. Yeah,
1: no, I'm kind of waiting for the others to come out. They're, they've, they're going to have to. Yeah. Because that's his name. Um, the young, the young kid with the Grateful Dead T-shirt on. He was, oh, Daniel Donato with yeah. our boy Nathaniel, He was tearing it up, man. Nathaniel, Nathaniel was there, so hopefully we get to see that. I know, yeah, that'll be, that'll that would be that. Cool. And the other guy we'll who took like one. the one solo and then didn't oh, play. Oh, Zane Carney. Oh, oh my God, man. he ripped. So I wish he would have played more. Hard. He I was played like, two songs. Did he, he did do two? two. Yeah. I think
0: it was, I think he did another one after that jam. Yeah. When Nathaniel stepped out, he I that was he was my biggest surprise because yeah. I had known about him. He was like a. I don't even remember. Dan would know. He was, he played in like some sort of pop bands and stuff mm-hmm. that I was just, I I knew who he was, but I never really knew anything about him. But holy God, does he rip? I think he does like Broadway musicals and stuff yeah, too. Yeah, just kind of a whatever. Yeah. You know what he did? Because they busted out the the old Stratacoustic or uh, Acoustasonic Strat. That's
1: right. They like all, didn't all three of them? like I think just those, the two of them. The
0: two of them? Yeah. Because the whole thing was a Fender Ultra. They were all playing yeah. Fender Ultras and then that one was the Acoustasonic, Acoustasonic. Stratocaster. Yeah. Uh, all right well all right. you know we've been talking a lot about a lot of stuff today so all i right, feel well. like that was a pretty decent one
1: yeah man good job we're gonna let you get some rest so you can heal up and be good for next yeah hopefully
0: week. My, my throat's ready to go again next week better buddy. Uh, hopefully we can do next uh, sunday next time and not have to do it on monday and get it out the day of works for me man all right buddy all right
1: guys